0: What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the fourth episode of How They're Here. As always, I'm Tyler Webb, and last week I had the opportunity to sit down with the co-founder of the fantastic Great Lakes Clothing, Spencer Barrett. Spencer's story resonated so strongly with me, like I know it will for many of you, because his is one of pretty average origins. He's a Minnesota-bred guy who loves spending time at the lake. The only difference between his story and that of many others is that while he was a student at the Carlson School of Management at the University of Minnesota, him and his business partner, David, started an apparel company from their car. David and Spencer have since scaled Great Lakes Clothing to become one of the most prominent and recognizable clothing brands in the Midwest, and their small team continues to grow the Great Lakes product line and brand to new heights. In our conversation, Spencer and I talk about how the university system isn't always the best thing for entrepreneurs, how he found early success selling shirts out of his car, the biggest lessons he's learned, out of college, his favorite tool for new businesses, and how companies should be using social media in 2019. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and learn a thing or two about how you can start a business of your own, apparel or otherwise, and gain some valuable insights into how they're here. What are some of the skills, though, you had mentioned a little bit that you feel overlaps between somebody trying to go into that corporate world and somebody wanting to go into entrepreneurship? And I think a little bit more importantly... What do you think are the skills that set you apart from, you know, the person you're sitting next to in entry-level accounting?
1: Well, you know, I think, um, I think not being afraid to fail. I think um, being okay with being uncomfortable, I think, is really um, a skill you need to have to be an entrepreneur or start your own business. I mean, um, obviously, going the corporate route, it's much safer. You're, um, you know, you have a reliable income. Um, i very fortunate that we've been able to kind of, um, you know, live off of Great Lakes and, you know, things are moving and growing. Um, that's not the case for everybody, obviously. But um, if you can go into it with a mindset of, hey, whatever happens, happens. You know, life's going to go on and um, there's going to be better things to come. So um, I think that's uh, that's a really big piece of it. Um, and I think also just having – I mean, I think the overlapping thing is – whatever if you're passionate about something you're going to find success in it so you can't if you know you're second guessing what major you're in or what uh, potential business you'd work for you have to be all in no matter what you're doing so especially with starting a business I mean if this is going to be your day-to-day grinding for nothing like you better you better freaking love it so um, I think that's a really important piece is just you have to love whatever it is you're doing.
0: Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And to your point about one having to be, you know, not adverse to risk to be an entrepreneur, I think is really important. I think somebody that's listening to this that's in Carlson or in a very similar position where they have these really opportunities laid in front of them if they continue to go that route that the school's laid out, I think it almost maybe incentivizes people to go it on a limb a little bit because, you know, from for somebody like me who's very early on in their Carlson career, I feel more inclined to, you know. Maybe go out and start a podcast or another side business, knowing that if those fail and if they crash and burn, well, I have this really great resource that is the school that I attend to back me up and act as sort of a safety net. So I love those points there. Let's get a little bit more into now um, Great Lakes. That's obviously why we're here. Walk me through the origin story and, and maybe give me and the listeners a little bit of context into where you transitioned over from being a student into being a professional, and those very well might have overlapped, but walk us through that timeline and sort of the origin story of this whole thing.
1: Yeah, so Great Lakes was really inspired by the way uh, myself and my business partner, David, grew up. So um, I've known David since uh, we were in kindergarten, so we've known each other a long time, Um I spent my summers, uh, going up to my family cabin in Hayward, Wisconsin. Um, you know, that's the best times of our lives up there. So, um, and David would go up to Brainerd with his family and that was kind of his getaway escape, the, uh, you know, the weekends they always look forward to. So, um, Dave and I had this shared love for life at the lake, um, this lifestyle, and we also had a shared love for entrepreneurship. Um, so, uh, senior year of college, we um, connected on the idea, um, and we it was right around the Fourth of July um, where we created a couple first designs um, just as a, a test, some like Fourth of July themed shirts um, and some hats, and just a small collection of things. Um, and literally, we sold out of our cars and on Facebook, and um, you know, would hand deliver orders. We ship out orders in between class um so that was kind of the initial start of things we created a website and i think we were really lucky to have started this uh, while we were in college it's something that i recommend to people all the time because you never never in your life are you more connected have people to you know want to support you whether that's you know friends family or um you know people that are older you older than you in business and as a mentor um, so take advantage of your age um, so we started that as seniors in college right after we graduated um, we launched a Kickstarter campaign so we uh, had a goal of uh, and for those of you that don't know what Kickstarter is you create a product um, and then set a um, a campaign goal to essentially get pre-orders and raise money towards that uh, project so We had a goal of $20,000, we hit just under $24,000, so that was kind of the all-in moment. We had all these orders to fulfill, um, you know, a little bit of proof of concept, people seem to be attaching to the idea, Um, and we've been going ever since. It's been six years, Uh, we've continued to expand our team and our product line and just the overall quality of our products.
0: That's fantastic. And I I want to go back and unpack some of that stuff a little bit because I think a lot of the value lies sort of in that nitty gritty. I think a lot of entrepreneurs that I've talked to always say, you know, the hardest step or the first step is is getting started. And that was obviously something that, that you did and your suggestion of doing it in college is one that I very much so agree with. And I'd like to add on that not only are you so well connected and everything that you iterated was correct, but there's also such a such a lack of expectation on you when you're in school, you know, Right now, if I were to just be going to school, you know, basically punching hours in the classroom, doing, home, doing my homework, getting my grades, whatever, my parents, my friends, everybody around me would be happy. That's yeah. what I'm here to do, right? But the fact that, you know, you have such a, a fire burning within you, possibly, that you want to go out and you want to start a podcast, you want to start an apparel line, stuff like that, is just icing on the cake. Whereas, I said earlier, if it fails, you're still a student and you still have these great opportunities in front of you. Yeah. Sure. So it sounded like you had quite a bit of success early on. What was driving that success? Obviously you, you know, you saying it yourself, your shirts weren't or your, you know, your fabrics, your prints weren't Mm -hmm. probably anything that set you apart at that point. Mm -hmm. They were pretty standard. Uh, The designs obviously were unique and and were just, you were filling a space Mm -hmm. that you didn't feel was, was represented. Um, but what sort of, you know, marketing strategies, what were you doing to really drive that business, um, selling out of your car
1: well i think one of the benefits that uh our company has is we are able to connect with customers on an emotional level so they're able to you know we project this lifestyle and that's something that people identify with it's something that resonates with them it's something that reminds them of home reminds them of something about them that you know when you can create something that people identify with that's where you know loyalty is made because it's seen as you know they see it as an extension of themselves so i think early on that was something that really was able to propel us forward was people sharing it um you know wanting other people to know about it because like i said they felt like it was an extension of of who they are
0: sure so Looking back at it a little bit, and it doesn't even have to be looking back that far, what were some misconceptions that you found yourself operating on? I'm sure um, you said it yourself, your your dad and your older brother all were entrepreneurs um, and some of them in the apparel industry. Were you operating on un- any, you know, what you realized to be misconceptions of, oh, I thought it was going to be this way, but it ended up being this way and you know we were completely wrong?
1: Um, you know, I don't want this to be like a canned answer, but... I think what it was a lot more work than I anticipated. Um I think touching on what I said before if you can be really passionate about something that's it'll make it more enjoyable but the amount of work you know it's it's not a 9 to 5 you're sure. you're working all day. Um but it's something that you know if you care about it 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 doesn't seem that bad.
0: Did you find yourself close to quitting or stopping or, or realizing that it was too much work or realizing that you got in over your head were those things that were constantly playing on in your head or were you did you have a vision that you were unwaveringly about to follow
1: no i don't it's we've been really fortunate with kind of um i don't know if i say early success but there's been a lot of momentum continuous momentum and growth where right. it's it's just fueled fueled us um so much that that's never crossed our mind and now we're to the point where um, it's, you know, it's really our baby and something that we care so much about and have done it for the last six years. And, um, so that's something that's never, never crossed my mind.
0: Was there anything that sort of caught you off guard, any surprises that you found getting into it? Because I, I can only imagine that there are a lot of things that you just had to learn as you went, you know, you were fresh out of school, you had a degree, but you know, you had no experience in managing people. Cause I know you have a small team and you had very little experience. And I'm sure a lot of other facets of the business, What was something that caught you off guard or something that you really weren't prepared for? Um, You
1: know, I think a a few things. I think one of the main things is just the apparel world of how um, complex, like, apparel manufacturing is. Like, just a t-shirt, it looks so simple and basic, but there's so much that goes into it um, that can affect other things. So I think um, just that whole world of creating products and how difficult that really is, um that really surprised us and is still a challenge to this day um i think that's a main one i think just the dynamic like you said of a growing team in managing people and managing um different work types so david and myself we are polar opposites like other ends of the spectrums but that's what makes us so successful is because we balance each other out and we have you know i have strengths that he's not so good at and he has a lot of strengths that i'm not so good at so um, one of the most beneficial things our business did was something called um, the Insights Discover yourself test and it's a um, it's about two hundred dollars per test. It's like a thirty some questions. um it's kind of like a strengths finder. Um, this is something that I couldn't recommend more to a small business, a growing team. It essentially lays out it's you know you take this test real quick, sends you a week later in the mail this packet. That lays out so detailed about who you are as a person, um, your working style, what you're good at, what you're not good at. It really is brutally honest to the point where you like, I feel like I'm very self-aware, but it it teaches you a lot of things about yourself um, and about your teammates to everyone being able to work together
0: cohesively. Were there any skills that you thought you had from that insight test that you're like, yeah, I'm pretty good at? And you just called yourself self-aware and I can only imagine you can't get here without knowing what your strengths are and who you need to surround yourself with. But was there something that you were like, I thought I was, I was better at that, because I've, I've taken one of those tests, and we were talking before we started recording that um, that career skills class that I took. We took something very similar. I forget. We took StrengthsFinder, and then we took one other thing. It was, like, career leaders or some very similar concept, um, and it gave me, I remember at the very end, um, this might be the first time I ever saying it, but they gave me at the very end a, a list of, like job recommendations and there are a bunch of ones at the top that you know in marketing and then kind of general management and one of them was in law and I'm like yeah i've thought about law so like a lot of the stuff made sense and i looked all the way down the list and in the very bottom of the category that said like probably not going to be good for you is entrepreneurship i'm like very interesting. Like, i thought that would be something that i would be more inclined to do but you know it took a little bit of self-reflection to say i could see where there are some holes there was there anything like that for you um where you're like yeah well i thought it was better
1: um I don't think there was anything that necessarily like surprised me but there was a lot of things that just it really hit home like they you know they're mentioning a lot in here that I'm very unorganized and uh not a great analytical thinker because I'm very much you know creative type like sure. sunshine and rainbows um so I think it, it really makes you take a step back and um you don't necessarily need to change who you are but embrace it lean into it um, and just be aware of, of your weaknesses.
0: Yeah. I, uh, is, is there anything you're doing now that you sort of know those weaknesses and like you said, you knew them before, but are you taking steps to become more organized or taking steps to become more analytical or yeah. is that something that you're like, you know what? I'm not that. I'm never going to be that. Let the rest of the guys figure that out. I think the biggest change for me is
1: how I interact with others okay. because um, now I know who they are, and I know what they need, and I know how they need to be talked to, so that changes the way that um you know I speak to David, how I speak to Tara, you know realizing what they need to hear to to really hear me and understand what I'm you know trying to communicate.
0: So now I want to pivot a little bit and get more into, because I know you have a background in content, I know you have a background in marketing, and that's something that I expressed to you earlier that I find myself very interested in. And I think that's just kind of a trend of where business is going. It's getting more and more into the original content space. What is the value of content in business today? Because it's very clear that there is a trend towards businesses starting to create their own original content. It's all over the place. Can you expound a little bit from a business owner's perspective into why they're even doing that in the first place?
1: Yeah, I think uh I mean content is such a tricky thing because what works and what doesn't work is constantly changing um so quickly um uh, between, you know, different social algorithms and things like that. I mean, and also just how cluttered the digital content space is. I mean, there's so much out there you're bombarded with. Um, so finding things that kind of break through that clutter. Um, so that's just, that's been a constantly evolving thing that you just have to learn by trial and error. Um, I think one thing that is, um, really relevant right now today that we're trying to be better at is people want to see, uh, more real content, more behind the scenes, authentic we've always tried to include like authenticity in our brand um but not so polished um i think so much of what you see is the perfect you know the perfect flat lay and the perfect um you know this incredibly good looking model wearing your stuff and it's like we just want like real people wearing our stuff someone that you know you would be friends with really um and i think that's something that a lot of companies are doing more and more of
0: yeah and and the reason i want to get into this one because i know that you have a background in the area but two is because great lakes you guys do a fantastic job on social and you guys do a fantastic job with content and hearing your answer it makes sense why you seem to have a pretty poignant direction of of where you want to go could you boil down for me and for everybody else listening in like one sentence what your strategy online is and you might have gotten into it a little bit with authenticity but boil down one sentence what are you guys trying to do or try to achieve on social
1: um in one sentence i would say creating a positive experience from start to finish um so not you know if we're putting an ad out there or um, for someone that is maybe just learning about our company it's not buy this 20% off like uh, bye, bye, bye. It's like here's who we are. This is what we're about. This is why we're here. Um, if they show interest, you know, they're clicking through. Um, you know, then it's a, they go down the funnel. It's treating them a little differently, reminding them about products, showing them things that we think they may like. Um, and then you know, after they purchase, how do we treat an existing customer? Um, uh, you know, it's not just like hey, thanks for your money see you later, hope you come back, it's, it's maintaining that relationship, finding ways to interact with those people, whether it's in person at events, uh, pop-up shops, or, um, you know, how we interact with them online um, in any capacity, so. We're
0: going to wrap it up here. I want, this is kind of a two-part question, it goes back to one that I asked a little bit earlier, but sitting where you are now, talking to your freshman self in college, what do you tell freshman Spencer?
1: I'd probably tell freshman Spencer to (laughs) get started on this Great Lakes thing right away. I think, like, I wish so bad that, you know, I think we're really lucky to start it uh, as seniors in college, as I mentioned, but I think getting, you know, the earlier the better. This would be, you know, and then three more years to kind of make a lot more mistakes, um, continuing to evolve that network. Um, So, and also just learn learn more. I think the senior year of college was by far my my best year of school because I was able to apply what I was learning directly to what I was doing in the real world. So um, that's something that I think uh, people could take a lot of benefit from is being in school and uh, having a business at the same
0: time. Um, so, yeah, that's probably what I would tell my friends. So the second part of that question kind of – staring down the uh the shotgun as it were, your senior year, ready to graduate, what would you tell that version of yourself because you know that's a whole nother fear you can be you know i was certainly afraid or not afraid but just intimidated by the prospect of going to college in a you know far away big city and i can imagine it's a whole nother intimidation factor when you're kind of staring down the real world as it were and now all of a sudden you have to leave school and leave what was comfortable and, and go to something else so what would you tell yourself as a senior in college um, I would say, uh, don't be afraid to
1: ask for help and don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, I think a lot of times I would, uh, because I'm more of just a self starter, um, I would try to just figure it out on my own and it probably wasn't the right way to do that specific thing. So, um, I think, you know, finding a mentor, finding someone that could, you know, answer my dumb questions, someone that, uh, could kind of help me walk me through this difficult thing of getting a business off the ground.
0: What were some of the places you looked for mentors and how were you reaching out? I know a lot of people have, have very similar stories, but I'd love to hear yours about who you're reaching out to, why you decided to reach out to them and and how are you, how you were doing it in the first place. Yeah. I mean,
1: I think starting with like my family, obviously, uh, my my brother and my dad who have been in this space, uh, they were a great resource for me. um, but you know we would try to just find people that um you know were in the industry or people that have started their own businesses, people that have you know for, you know generally made it someone that's been through the grind of trying to get a business off the ground um and wants to you know help a young entrepreneur pursue his dreams so um I think I think you know finding like minded people people that uh are maybe in your industry or a related industry um don't be afraid to to reach out and ask for help
0: because ninety nine percent of the time they'll be more than happy to do it. How are you doing that? How do you recommend? I know I sent you a, a LinkedIn DM, mm-hmm. and I know that's one way. That's kind of and on the up in terms of reaching out. And I know a simple email if you can get the address or an Instagram DM. I know there's a whole bunch of ways. Have yeah. you found that one way has been the most you know or the best received in terms of people you know replying to you?
1: Um. You know, it just depends. It like uh, we, I get hit up, uh, you know, on every platform, like you sure. said, it's, it's, um, and a lot of times I kind of just make a judgment call based on, you know, what's the motive of this person or, you know, are they, you know, where are they at with things? How can I be of help? So, um uh, if it's an honest, you know, someone that, you know, needs help and is looking for, um, for something i you know, any platform I'm, I'm willing to help. So
0: what is a message that you would be more inclined to say no to
1: than yes? I don't think I've ever really said no to anybody. So I don't know if this is the, uh, I gave you the right answer, but yeah, I mean, so long as it's not like even, I mean, I've helped out someone that was like created a competing product even or a competing, like, you know, they're like, I wanted to create a, a lake life clothing, just like you wanted to like get coffee and uh, see if you could give me some tips. So like, you know, it's like, well, but at the same time I'm like I wanna you yeah. know, I wanna help this young entrepreneur. Maybe this isn't what's gonna make it, but like at least I can give you some helpful advice on, on growing a business. If it's not this one, maybe it's the next
0: one. How do you deal with people? I don't know the frequency of you getting hit up by influencers. Somebody like you know, you did a giveaway with Capture Minnesota, people saying like, Hey, I wanna give away your product mm-hmm. or hey, could I get some of your free stuff if I shout you guys out yeah. or, or stuff like that. Where where do you land on that? That's so that has a much higher turn down rate for me. I'm sure uh, it does. Uh,
1: because that's a common, common thing of people just wanting free stuff and, um, you know, making it seem like, you know, they'll be the ones to really help us get off the ground and, you know, get it. So we really, we love for people to support our brand, um, but in an authentic way that makes sense, not
0: just for free products and shout outs. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Well. Spencer, thank you so much for uh, providing your insight. I appreciate it so much. Everybody, make sure to go check out Great Lakes Clothing. They're, like I said, their Instagram feed is fantastic. Spencer is fantastic. Um, if you have any questions there, apparently even if you want to start a competing company, Spencer will be happy to <laughs> happy get to help. coffee with you. Happy to help. So, Spencer, thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom.
1: Yeah, thank you for uh, having me on. sounds like you got this podcast thing figured out. So you're I on the right that. track.
0: Thank you so much. And that is it for this episode. If you enjoyed, there is more to come. An episode of How They're Here releases every other Wednesday. In the meantime, check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook by searching How They're Here, or find me online at Tyler M. Webb to connect. If you want to hear more from us, make sure to rate and subscribe. It helps us stay in business. Thank you as always for listening, and I'll talk to you all soon. Peace.